in terms of attracting that talent, I think the sell is come to the plastics industry to make the change. Don't, you know, don't stand on the outside. Don't blame them. Come in, and, and that's what we need. And if you, you know, if you wanted to work at an industry that can make a difference, make the planet better, but drive that change. Welcome to Broman Circular Table Talks. Circularity is the best, if not the only way, to decouple growth from the use of resources. We want to discuss about what it means to turn linear industries into circularity and explore the field of innovative solutions with promising potential for your business. This is how we at Groman want to sell chemicals to save the planet, together with you. Welcome to this session about designing circularity in plastics, live from K-Show 2022, organized by Grohmann Group. My name is Florian Grohmann, CEO at Grohmann, and today I'm your moderator. I'm very pleased to host Stephen Hunt, Membership Service Director at British Plastic Federation. And I'm so pleased because you're one of the front runner bringing, bringing circularity to the plastic industry. Could you quickly introduce the BPF to our audience? Um, yes, yeah, so the British Plastic Federation, we've been around since 1933. So we're technically the first trade association in the world to be established for plastics. Um, found in the same year polyethylene was invented, also in the UK. Um, and we represent the entire industry supply chain. So we're quite unique, and I think this will bring into the conversation later, as far as trade associations for plastics go, because our membership covers the entire plastics industry supply chain. So we go from raw material producers, additive suppliers such as yourselves, through master batch, raw material companies, distributors, virgin material producers, processors. So we have molders, packaging companies, windows, pipes, sheet and coated fabrics. Um, then we also have um, equipment suppliers. And then at the end of life, we have the recyclers and the waste management companies. So between them, it's exactly 524 companies as of today in membership in that supply chain of the UK. Oh, that's interesting. And that's a very large view on the, on the supply chain, right? So why, uh, in particular, do you think that uh, we should save our planet? So, you know, yeah. From, yeah so why should, we, uh, why should we save the planet? I don't, I don't think there's anyone here at the K-Show that isn't, doesn't want to save the planet and also isn't doing their job to save the planet. Yeah, right. I, I think within, within the plastics industry, the conversations you have on the stand, you know, talking to companies across the industry, it's all about sustainability. And it's not talking about sustainability, which it might have been 10, 15 years ago. There's a bit of lip service paid, I think. But now I think people are genuinely trying to drive that change. Even, even compared to 2019. Oh, I, I completely agree. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, I, I think there really impressive. has been a massive step change in thinking, in the way that they do it, in the way that the industry is talking to one another more openly than they were, as you say, in 2019. Um, and I think for ourselves, we, you know, we as the British Plastic Federation are relatively uniquely placed to try to make that difference, to try to connect those companies together and join up the dots so that someone on their own in a company, in a molding company, isn't trying to solve sustainability by themselves, but they can talk with their competitors and with other people within the chain to try to find those solutions. So I think we are uniquely placed. So you, you're just already referring to my, my first, uh, uh, one, my next question which is what is your particular approach? I mean, we want to talk about different facets of what you focus on as an association yeah. in terms of circularity. Uh, and and you, you told me that you have this very uh, unique, very deep approach of, of how you want to bring circularity to your, um, 
to your members. Sure. Can you share a little bit of that? To sure. Yeah. So, so we, so, so trade. One thing trade associations like is they like committees and they like um, working groups, right. and they're quite good at setting those things up. Yeah. So, so we had a central expert committee. We call them on the environment, which we set up in 1972. And there's a book that we've still got that was published in 1973 by the British Plastics Federation called Management of Plastics Waste. So I think it's really important to think as well that while we have been talking about it and probably not doing the action as much as we are now, the industry has been looking at plastics in the environment and dealing with waste for 30 or 40 years. And we've had committees that have tried to do that. But I think really the injection that happened in the last five to six years and the ability for people to do it and want to talk. And that's what we do. So we now, our environmental committee is now called the Sustainability Committee. Probably same thing, different branding. Um, and we pull these people together. So we, we have meetings under our Sustainability Committee. And then there's a subcommittee of that Sustainability Committee. I mentioned we like to set up groups. And that subcommittee is the Net Zero Committee. And you really, within those two groups, you pull together genuine experts that want to talk to one another, that want to share ideas. And, and it's very interesting. I think some of those people are right at the start of their journey. And they, they're quite, I think one of the challenges is to explain to people, you don't need to be embarrassed, right? You, I know you haven't solved net zero and you don't know all about net zero, but come here and you want to learn from these people. And then you get maybe the older generation with the industry who actually really know the knowledge and know the deep detail and actually desperately want to pass it down. And they don't want to leave the industry without that knowledge. So I think we enable those people to pass it down like, to like others. It's like the legacy, right? It's like the legacy, right? So, you know, so we have, I mentioned to Florian yesterday a big, thick 470-page book that a guy called Dr. Robin Kent wrote for us on sustainable management in plastics processing. And that is 40 years worth of knowledge and expertise shoved down into a book so to pass it on to the next generation. And I think it's trapping those ideas, sharing with them. And then I think also that generation really likes the younger generation who are maybe thinking outside the box and coming there with different ideas. And between them, they somehow find the solution. So for us, it's really genuinely working through it. We've done it for a long time. We established Operation Clean Sweep in the UK in 2008 first plastics trade association outside the states to do it and now there's 63 now around the world driving companies to sign up to limit to to get zero pellet loss and with something like that it's a good example of you need to help by providing a solution that people can get behind and then our members help and steer and try to make that better and give their ideas within it so i think for us is pulling together people giving them a safe space to share ideas maybe amongst their competitors or their peers within the industry, and then trying to get something down, written down in black and white, whether it's online tools or training courses, where we can pass on that information and knowledge and try to drive that change. Thanks, Stephen. Well, we had a quick conversation before. You said that uh, also the diversity of solutions being very uh, practical for every diverse member of your organization is so important. Why do you feel this, this diversity of solutions is of such important? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, we, we talk about it internally sometimes. I mentioned we're quite unique as this trade association that's the whole industry supply chain. And, and I think sometimes our strength is our diversity. Sometimes our weakness is our diversity. Because sometimes you've got to get a whole industry to try to agree a position. It's probably easy to get one sector of the industry to agree a position, right? But in this, the diversity is better. because it's, So you've got all these people, and they are diverse. And I don't think in the UK there's 5,800 plastics firms. right? And, and, and we're having a debate with government at the moment to try to define the average plastics firm. And we know within the industry, there is no average plastics firm. There, there, it is, it, as you say, it's an amazingly diverse body of, you know, you walk around this show, 4,000 different plastics firms, and they're all different. They're all doing different things. Um, so that is, you know, so I, I think the diversity is important. And I think 
the solutions are therefore diverse, but also I think that there's something embedded in, maybe it's hard to get an automotive molder to talk to an automotive molder and share their best ideas about sustainability. How do you get to net zero? How do you cut carbon? How do you reduce energy use? Because some ways they're sharing their best ideas. But if you get pipes company to talk to an automotive molder about what their best ideas are, no one's going to poach business off one another. They can all help each other. And sometimes it turns out the same solution for a pipes manufacturer is actually the same solution as someone who's making bottles, right? So it is the same solution. For others, it's different things. And for additive suppliers, is a very different solution to a waste management company trying to reduce you know reduce their carbon usage but i think the diversity is key and i don't think there is one answer is there there's not one answer but it's trying to pull together those many answers and try to encourage you know the sharing of those many answers across the industry you mentioned that that there's still a lot of uh, uncertainty and and people don't have all the solutions so i imagine that um there's still a lot of innovation which needs to be done so um if you if we look at innovations, so in your view, what's needed uh, in in this area? What what's most needed as an innovation happening in our our plastic industry? Yeah, so so, so I'm going to say three parts. I think to that answer. I think so. So I, I think. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's an innovation. It's innovations, isn't it? Right. So, so, so there is. There's, there's definitely no magic bullet. I think there's a. There's a lot of small magic bullets. I think chemical recycling is going to play a huge role in circularity and bringing recycled content to food contact grade polymers. Um, but other than that, there is an awful lot of innovation. But you see, you see here the innovation, right? You see here that what people have done since 2019, the last case show and. People have got on their stands new machines that do weird and wonderful things that they didn't do three years ago. New materials entering the marketplace that, again, do different things. And probably 90% of those innovations are around sustainability. So I think the customer wants it. I sense the customer will now pay for it, which I think was important. I think, yeah. you know, that again, the whole supply chain, people needed to fund the sustainability, I guess, in a way. Um, but I think the innovations will continue. And as you meet people in the plastics, these guys are smart, right? I mean, the the, the the way that as an industry we innovate, I, I think, is incredible. I think the, the people coming out of the universities and the new generations, you know, we need more of these people, but they are innovating and that's where the solutions will come. I think they'll come from within and without the industry, but from within the industry, the, the, the solutions are there. Attracting and, also young talents for the industry, and, uh, right? Attracting young talents. And I, and I think I had a great conversation with, with yourself yesterday about the fact that in terms of attracting that the talent, I think, the sell is come to the plastics industry to make the change. Exactly. Don't, you know, don't stand on the outside. Don't blame them. Don't blame them. Come in, yeah. and, and that's what we need. And if you, you know, if you wanted to work at an industry that can make a difference, make the planet better, but drive that change, work in the plastics industry, work within it, and try to drive that change. But yeah, it's, a, it's going to be a challenge. I think if you ask me the question in thirty. Very interesting. You talked about before that um, customers live in this field of uncertainty. So if it's uncertain, it means that still innovation is needed. How in your view and in which areas is innovation still needed in our industry? So I, I think, um, and the answer lies there with the innovation um, and the many innovations that are needed. And, and I think they're broadened across. And I think we should all pat ourselves on the back, um, not me because I didn't do any of it, but for, for the companies who did do it, uh, such as yourself, the innovations that have happened are amazing. And driven it forward and I think they're going to continue but I, I think there is and we all accept that there is no magic bullet I don't think there is one thing that we're going to do that suddenly plastic is 100% circular and you know we can pack up now because we've solved it I think um, we do need to drive for those changes I think I think chemical recycling will genuinely play an important role 
I think chemical recycling in terms of the role it's going to play specifically around food contact um, material and things like that going forward. I think that will drive the change. Um, mechanical recycling will continue, continue, and I think innovations are happening now within there. I think investment is happening within there. So I, I, think, I think it is broad, but it goes to the materials, innovations within the materials, innovations within the additives, innovations within the machinery. You know, reducing the amount of energy in, in plastics processing is huge, and the change that those injection molding machinery manufacturers have driven in the last decade is phenomenal. And beyond our industry, there's so many innovations also in the end applications, huh? so which also then drive changes in our industry. That's exactly right. And, I, and, I, and, and that is, a, that, talking about the end applications, that is an important thing. It is, it does start at the beginning. It does start at the specking of those products. And I think eco-design, again, that's been driven, but often that is driven by the brands and retailers. And I think there is more to be done there in terms of just ensuring that whatever that plastic product is that ends up on a shelf is going to be recycled at the end of its life. And I, I think to some degree, some of the raw material producers, that's their frustration. They will make a 100% recyclable bit of polyethylene And then the brands and the retailers look at it, the marketing guys look at it, and somewhere down the line, it's very, very hard to recycle this product because they've added five other different polymers to it. They've added a bit of metal and a bit of glass and a bit of... Bit of bit Pigments of, and fillers. Bit, bit, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think, I think the innovation does, it starts right at the beginning, doesn't it? It does, the, the, those end products as well. But it's, it's Stephen, coming to an end, what is the one thing people in our industry should start doing to approach circularity in your view? So I, I think I kind of hinted it before where, where I stand on that. I think, I think the answer is collaboration. I think, I think it's collaboration and I think it's collaborate more. I think it's talk to each other. I think it's being open. I think it's being wanting to share and willingness to share. And that's a bit of a change of mindset for some companies, I, I, I believe. Um, but I think it is a case of collaborate, talk and share. And obviously, the, you, going back to your previous question, innovate. Right? So the innovations need to happen, but the innovations need to happen. We need to talk and we need to know what people need and want. And then, and then drive that. So collaborate is my answer. Great. Stephen, it was uh, so wonderful to have you here joining us and sharing with us your, your precious insights. Stephen Hunt from the British Plastic Federation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Florian. Thank you for joining Roman Circular Table Talks. We hope that we could share some interesting perspectives with you. And if you have an interesting idea on how to approach circularity in your business, Or if you face a hurdle, please come and talk to us. We at Roman want to sell chemicals to save the planet, together with you.